Hi, I'm Graham Mack. Welcome to the Pod 20, the countdown of the most popular podcasts in the world right now. My special guest this week is the multi-award winning podcaster and broadcaster, Russ Williams. Russ, you've worked on some legendary radio stations, Absolute, Capital, Smooth. Was there a favourite time for you? Oh, Virgin. Um, really? Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. original Virgin Radio. So special. Everything about it. It was a small company. It was run by a billionaire with uh, tombstone teeth. It was a nice bloke, you know. Um, there was great people who worked there behind the microphone, in front of the microphone. Just, you know, Richard Skinner, Tommy Vance, Nick Abbott. I mean, I could reel them off. Chris Evans, who incidentally was there from the first weekend doing the big, big red mug show. Right. Uh, and then uh, became so involved with the big breakfast on Channel 4, had to leave. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, Paul Ross and Roland Rivron came in, and instead of drinking Nescafe from the mugs in front of the studio audience, they were drinking beer. <laughs> and so as the show went on, I got more and more piddled. But, you know, there were, there were some really, Kevin Greening, God rest his soul, was on Virgin Radio, Wendy Lloyd, uh, Harriet Scott. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've forgotten people who were on there and I don't wish to be rude. I haven't forgotten them. It's just that my recall isn't perhaps what it, what it once was, but each and every one of them had their own unique talents and made a contribution. And it was just, you know, we're the underdogs. Let's yeah. have a go. And yeah. it was a little bit bumpy at first, Graham. Yeah. And then it got better and better and better. And then, of course, the upstart wanted to be in with the big boys. And the big boys wanted to buy the upstart, which is when Capital Radio wanted to buy it. And it was only, uh, I think, the mergers and monopoly commission uh, that, uh, that said this is impossible. And then, uh, of course, it, it, it was sold to... Uh, Scottish Media Group, I think it was first, for an yeah. awful lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, it, Clive Dickens came in with Donnock and uh, went another route and um, and took it to another level, a different level. But what the work they did was fantastic. You know, they're proper radio people. Hmm. And I'm not saying that the people in radio today are not proper radio people. Of course they are. Uh, I think it's a different playbook now. Yeah. Was it while you were there that you did the tour with the Rolling Stones? Yeah, uh, I went pretty much round the world with them, but not all in one go. I mean, London, obviously, Dublin, Paris, Moscow, uh, Dallas, New York. I think that's enough, isn't it? So I got to spend time with them and uh, subsequently uh, did further work with Mick Jagger for launches and, and stuff like that or press conferences that they wanted hosting and they asked me to do it. So, but they were great. Um, you know, particularly Ronnie, lovely guy. Keith was nice. Uh, Josh sticks everywhere in the interviews and Campari or vodka and Campari. I don't know what it was. And make more of the, um, brains behind the operation on the face of it. I'm sure it wasn't just him and Charlie, um, rest his soul as well just very quiet didn't really want to do interviews um but i had a great time with them got to know the crew and um 
I remember Tony, their old tour manager, sidled up to me in Dallas and he said, well, Russ, he said, um, I can officially tell you, you're a preferred interviewer. I said, really? What's that? He said, the boys have said they prefer you to a lot of other people. So that was nice. Yeah. And and at the time, Mick and Keith were having their usual... Um, yes. Interesting. Did they did they feel like a band, or did they feel like a set of musicians that came together? To you know, did it feel a bit like a, I don't know, you know, like you get the world tour with the tennis where people go, they play each other in different cities, and the same with Formula One. Did it feel a bit like that, or did it feel like they were a unit? No, it, it felt to me that yeah, they were a unit. Um, the Eagles, famously, on the Hell Freezes Over tour at Wembley Stadium, I went to that gig, huge fan of the Eagles, and I was outside, and they all came out into their own individual limos. Right. The Stones all went on the tour bus. They okay. went back to the hotel. They right. sat in the bar with the, the crew. Yeah. Okay. The two of them had sidled off. But no, the, there was never any split at all. Right. Well, more from Ross Williams coming up soon on the Pod 20, which is heard on podcast radio on DAB in the UK, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now. And at number 20, Behind the Bastards, the worst humans in history. 19, The Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show, with DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne, the God. 18. The Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz. Father Schmitz walks you through the entire Bible in 365 episodes and tries to make you believe that the made-up stories in there really happened. 17. The Jordan B. Peterson Podcast. Enlightening discourse that will change the way you think. 16. The Monday Morning Podcast. Bill Burr rambles about Fanny, running away from home, and F is for family. 15. On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. 14. Three Men and a Microphone. With Ian Barstow, Darren Antrobus, and Damian Lee. Damian, you were a hospital radio DJ. How'd you get together with Darren and Ian? So Darren became involved in hospital radio as well. Darren was a DJ in Redditch, where I live, uh, around sort of Chicago rocks in the area. And we all kind of just got to know each other. Um, and we we got on for probably a good three, four years. And then like anything, when you're in your 20s, you kind of go off into your, in your, into your own lives and um, we all lost touch. But uh, certainly Ian and myself have known each other for the, uh, for the longest. Yeah, well, I'm 40 now, so we've known each other um 20 odd years so but combined you you say that the three of you have a combined 40 years in radio 
Yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's not go too much into the DNA of it, uh, Graham. I mean, I would like to think that, you know, there is, uh, there was my experience at Sunshine 1530, where yes. funnily enough, Ray, and this is interesting, so Darren actually heard my um, my demo tape to the station, ended up getting onto the station. However, it could have gone a bit further. Darren was on the programme committee at that time and uh, said to the programme controller that time, I was too cheesy and we didn't want him on our station. So, you know what, Graham? God knows why I do the show with him, to be honest. How can you be too cheesy for a music radio station? I mean, that's what music radio is. It's just, you know, it's the outskirts of show business. I think think the show business totem pole goes something like circus clowns, street performers, radio presenters. I mean, I think something like that. How can you be too cheesy for radio? Do you know what, Graham? I I took that advice and I ended up at a summer camp in Connecticut. So I left the UK. And yeah. ended up working on summer camp teaching radio to uh, to Americans, um, which was very fun, especially when Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, daughter was there. And uh, I realized it was a, a quite a highbrow performing arts camp. So there you go. That was my sort of story. But uh, the the word cheesy kind of uh, let me spend a year in America, So uh, which Ian actually came to visit. Uh, Darren was too busy, clearly, with his Chicago rock gig. Um, but Ian came over to uh, to meet me, and I uh, I met him in, um, in New York. And what was the Chicago rock gig? He was for a DJ. Con- for anyone who's confused, that's not Chicago. This is West Midlands, isn't it? No, this is basically Chicago rock. Is like the cheers for um, the UK. Terrible analogy there. Um, okay. But he, he basically, Chicago rock is kind of like a chain of um, yeah. like, you know, 80s, 90s places. They were all kind of made up into like an American place. Yeah. And Darren was the resident DJ. So he got people yeah. onto the onto the dance floor. Okay, Bob, let's uh, have a look at this. And he was awful. Terrible, to be honest. <laughs> Horrible bloke. Are you sure you three are mates? Because you've been pretty scathing so far. I don't know, Graham, to be honest. I ask myself this on a regular... I mean, we're 73 shows in now. And, um, you know, it's like pulling teeth. Um, But no, on a serious note, uh, it, it it helped all of us through lockdown. Um, and you know, we are, we saw each other for the first time in a long time when we went to Darren's, I think it's about his 17th wedding. So I have to count sometimes, Graham, he's been married a lot. So we went to his, uh, his wedding, uh, reception and we all met up there and it was great. We hadn't seen you for, uh, for years. So it was good to see. And now it's a podcast. Three men and a microphone. Number 14 this week on the pod 20. 13. Sips, suds and smokes. Everything good in life is worth discussing. Wine, tea, coffee, whiskey, beer, cigars, barbecue. People whose first names start with a Q. Ex-Amish, the state of Alabama, roadkill and Canadians. 12. Newscast from BBC Radio. Looks like the Prime Minister broke the Covid social distancing rules with parties during lockdown last Christmas. 11. Freakonomics Radio. The hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner co-author of the Freakonomics books. 10. No Such Thing as a Fish The award-winning podcast from the writers of the BBC show QI. 9. Hidden Brain Shankar Vedantam uses science and storytelling to reveal the unconscious patterns that drive human behaviour. 8. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend After 25 years at the late-night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship 
with any of his celebrity guests. So he started a podcast to fix that. 7. Real Dictators The podcast series hosted by Paul McGann that explores the hidden lives of history's tyrants. The latest episode is part 3 of Idi Amin, the Butcher of Uganda. 6. Fight of My Life from Talk Sport It's presented by this week's special guest, Ross Williams. Spencer Oliver and myself, Spencer, a former boxer who nearly lost his life years ago at the Royal Albert Hall, boxing fans will know that he was called The Omen. Um, Spencer's got the most amazing black book and he can phone up pretty much anybody because he's held in such high regard and say to them, look, we've got this show. Basically, the concept of the show is a boxer comes on, talks about the fight of their life. Um, you know, it could be a world title fight, most big fights that they've won. A few, like Chris Eubank, uh, who picked a fight that he lost. Um, so it gets interesting because we do, how did the fight come about, the build-up, the training camp, what diets, were they on? Who were they sparring? Who was in their team? And then we go in the second part of the show. Okay, you, you're getting your hands, you know, you know, sort of done up uh, for the gloves and what have you. And um, what's the atmosphere like? And, and we use loads of clips of audio uh, which from Ed the fights Huntley, and from the actual fight that yes, was the fight of the life. Ed Huntley, wow. our producer, we call him Hollywood. He's a genius at it. He's got a fantastic ear for it. Uh, so when they're getting their hands wrapped, there might have been, uh, you know, a bit of uh, footage from the dressing room that happened to be on Sky. And, uh, oh, yeah, the boxer might say, oh, yeah, I remember when I was just before the fight and so-and-so came in and spoke to me. And then you might find a clip of that. And, and there it is. And, and then you, the ring walk, and then uh, you go through the rounds of the fight. And so we're on series three. Uh, the second one went out last Sunday on Talk Sport, eight o'clock in the evening, and that's eight o'clock every Sunday night. There's another four to go in this series. Uh, but it's also a podcast that is available via the Talk Sport app. Right. And you've got series one, series two, and Series 3 as we go through it. So the first one in Series 3 was legendary promoter Bob Arum, who was involved in the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight. Um, and last Sunday we had Jamie Moore, a tremendous boxer from the Northwest, who actually got shot three times down on the southern coast of Spain, famously. And uh, he talked to us uh, about that. So it's, it's, it's not just the fight we talked to them about you know what are they up to after the fight and uh, you know jamie's training people now he's involved in the media and some of them have got really interesting uh, stories i mean some of them are, are scary yeah, uh, but we've had some wow. brilliant guests nigel ben was fantastic jim mckenzie was an uh, he he picked a, a fight in france where uh, he was racially abused and spat on by the French audience and was put in the smallest dressing room. Uh, anything that they could do to make their man win. And to hear that from, from Duke, a, a world champion in his own right, was quite an eye-opener because we're going back quite a few years. Um, but, we, you know, on this series, Michael Watson, we've already recorded, which is 
just a phenomenal uh, program because Michael, you know, up until a few years ago, could barely speak and was in a wheelchair uh, after uh, getting injured in a, a very famous fight. And he came into the studio with his carer and sat down with us and phenomenal discussion. Uh, we spoke to a guy called Gene Kilroy, who was Muhammad Ali's facilitator. Wow. Right, right-hand man. Wow. So wherever Ali went, Gene was there as well. And uh, he picked So he the was at all the big the, ones, the rumble in the jungle and the thriller in Manila? He the rumble was in the jungle and took us wow. through how it was negotiated. <laughs> um, Don King was involved. Uh, but he, he, he was amazing because he told us a lot about Muhammad Ali and what he was like as a person and how he was on fight days and um, went through this fight with a tooth comb and remembered Ali, uh, who, who won the rumble in the jungle, as you probably recall, um, you know, conducted himself in the ring. Uh, I think at one point Gene said that Ali, just before the fight, said to his corner, you don't have to tell me what to do. I know what to do. Um, you know, and that is a mark of boxing genius. And uh, while they were out there, Gene said that he took Muhammad Ali on a safari and wherever they went, all the locals, all the kids were lying in the road, you know, Ali, Ali, Ali. <laughs> and he said it was incredible because you could have driven the president of the United States on the same road. Very few people would have come out because compared to Ali, nobody knew who he was. <laughs> so, but it's yeah. a great series for boxing fans. And let's face it, in this country, it's a major sport. Um to go through famous fights that they might have been at or listened to or watched on television or they're aware of or they've seen on YouTube. Uh, but it's a really, really good series and available as a podcast. And if for anyone who's watching or listening to this and hasn't checked out Fight of My Life, Talk Sport app, there's two and a bit series there and each show is an hour long. So it's really good. And Spencer is amazingly brilliant to work for. The Hustler as I call him. He's a great guy. And it's a great podcast as well. Fight of my life from TalkSport, number six this week on the Pod 20. Five, Smartless. Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett connect and unite people from all walks of life to learn about shared experiences through thoughtful dialogue and organic hilarity. Number four, Stuff You Should Know. If you've ever wanted to know about champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime and Rosa Parks, then look no further. Josh and Chuck have you covered. 3. Crime Junkie If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you found your people. 2. Shagged, Married, Annoyed the only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. And at number one... The Sam and Billy Show, hosted by the sisters Sam and Billy. They take you behind the scenes of their lives and fill you in on all the day-to-day -day gossip. So, we was thinking about what we was going to start off our first podcast with and 
obviously, the very <laughs> big exciting news that Samantha is expecting her third baby. I know. I so you made it. it so easy for us. I did actually, didn't I? Because the team didn't know beforehand. And then all of a sudden we're like, right, we need to change what we're going to talk about in the first episode. I know. It's... But it's a great topic. Like, And I haven't spoke about it and I haven't done any exclusive interviews. So here it is. Our lovely listeners get to hear everything about my third pregnancy. Can I just say, right, and obviously I don't want to be like, oh, I knew it, I knew it, because <laughs> it was very, I mean, it was out, not out of the blue, but it was, wasn't yeah. it? It wasn't like a big pre-planned, like... No, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't like, oh... We was quite surprised. <laughs> really surprised. And I, that day when you told me, I, it was so weird. It was at my, it was at the... Your George um, Asda. The George Fashion. Catwalk, yeah. Catwalk with the kids. And it was really mad because you walked in... And I looked at you, right? It was almost like this weird sisterly thing. It must instinct. be a sister thing. It yeah. was so weird. I looked at you and I thought, you look different. And I thought, I think she's pregnant, right? <laughs> I obviously didn't say it because I think sometimes there's nothing worse than yeah. if someone says, are you pregnant? And then you are. And then you're like, oh, you spoiled my, I, didn't, I wanted yeah. to tell or, you. Or are you pregnant? No, I've just eaten too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's that awkward. But I, I, I looked at you and I just thought, oh my God, I think. You just had a feeling. I had yeah. a feeling. It was like a... Well, because there was like champagne and it wasn't that. I, I mean, it was in the morning anyway, so it was quiet. Yeah. But, you know, I would always say yes to a glass yeah, of fizz. Of course, yeah. And you was like, uh, want a champagne? And I was like, I think I just want a tea. Like, but I know, but you actually, you you sort of did take one. Yeah, I, I sort of took it. Me off the sting. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. she wasn't really drinking it. But, yeah. I, but it, it wasn't even that because obviously... When you're when you are pregnant and you don't drink alcohol is a really big giveaway. If you're yeah. like out and about and you're, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. usually you do. But it was more. I don't know. I just looked at you. I thought something was different about you. The dangers of drinking on an empty head. That's it for episode eighty-four. Thanks to this week's guests, Ross Williams, Damian Lee, Sam, and Billy. Next week, my guests are Lorraine Kelly from the Telly and her daughter Rosie Smith. They present the podcast, What If?, where their celebrity guests tell the story of what-ifs in their life. What are some of your favourites? Oh, I love Kat Dealey's one. Um, that was her, she got invited to go on a night out with Debbie Hardy? Debbie Hardy from Blondie. Debbie, Debbie Hardy from Blondie, yeah, 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 yeah. who's like an icon. And she never went. Why? She was too nervous. Too shy. Instead of, why, imagine if I went, what would have, what would have happened? I know, so oh. that's, her, that's her what if, isn't it? Yeah. She's thinking to herself, what if I hadn't done that? And I remember Laddie Lamb said, what if I hadn't parked my car? He was working in the oil industry and he says, what if I hadn't parked my car outside this theatre where they were hiring people, they were auditioning? And he just took a notion and thought, well, I'll total in, see what's going on. I might be quite good at this acting malarkey. And yeah. and then he got a role in, in a theatre production and then... You know, his career went from strength to strength and it was just really interesting. They ended up in EastEnders, ended up doing Gavin Stacey and all sorts of mm. things. So, yeah, there's been some good ones. Like, yeah, well. personal, personal things. Because remember you asked Tim Peake, Rosie asked Tim Peake, the astronaut, what if you'd gone up after all that training and you'd gone up into space and you'd hated it? <laughs> I bet he's never been asked that before. <laughs> yeah, he said it was okay, didn't he? Yeah, he said because there'd been so much training. And then there was another guy there... He was loved a Russian. it so much that he didn't want to leave. That's right. There was a guy who didn't want to leave it, but, but there was a guy who hated it, a Russian mm. cosmonaut, and said, I, I want to come, I can't be doing this, I want to come home. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so you, get these, you get all these really, I think, really interesting stories that you might, 
you might not. And the brilliant thing is that people have been so, it's been great. You know, we've just basically asked them, do you want to do this? And they say, yeah, yeah, great. I think a lot of that as well is, you know, during lockdown, people people have got used to sort of, they like chatting, you know, it's, 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 it's not got normal again yet. So that that's really good. And, and they know it's going to be good fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we ask everything, you know, we don't, it's, we yeah. ask absolutely everything. We go to some pretty, you know, sometimes some difficult places, like Shirley Ballas was talking about the, the, the death of her, of her brother, wasn't yeah. she, that took his own life and how, you know, she still thinks, oh, I wish I'd known more, that I could have helped him more. And, you know, and, and, and it was, I think people feel like Rosie was saying, because they're in their house, um, oftentimes, or it's like very intimate because you know it is, podcasts are intimate. That's mm-hmm. the joy of them, isn't it? Yeah. And um, it's it's so good that they are more more willing to speak, perhaps, and you you create that trust, and then you know you're so lucky that they trust you with their stories. Yeah, there's a mate of mine has got a great what if story, and it actually involves you. Um, yeah, yeah uh, Clive Holland is a big. Uh, you do you know Clive. Cl- Clive Holland? He's about seven foot tall, about seven foot wide, bald builder. Yeah, he's a giant circle. That's he is. A, he is. He's about he's about about the same height as he is as he is wide. Um, <laughs> well, Clive, I I hired him when I was running a radio station in London because it was a builder's radio station, and I hired him to do a show. And and I rang him this morning. I said I'm going to talk to Lorraine Kelly uh, t- today. I said you know with her daughter Rosie. He said he'd never met you, Rosie. But uh, mm-hmm. I said didn't didn't Lorraine give you your first break in TV? And he says yeah, you had. And he explained it to me. You had uh, you uh, you were searching for uh, the next TV presenter or something. That's right. Anyway, That's- the way the way Clive told me the story this morning, and his memory might be different to yours. I don't know. He said there was there was a grand final or something at the Cafe de Paris in London. And they, they all had to show up. And Clive was there early because he'd come down from Burton-on-Trent where he lives. And he was there early and he saw all the other contestants going in. And he said to me, they were all beautiful people. He said there was a guy with a six pack and there were beautiful ladies and whatever. And then there's Clive, you know, big bald fella. And Clive decided he had no chance. And I don't know whether he was wondering whether he was... He was added to provide diversity to the lineup. I don't know what was going through his mind. And and so he, he said, I'm going to pack it in and I'm not going to bother. And apparently he went to the KFC because he was hungry because he's, you know, and uh, he was in the KFC and someone from your team found him and said, we've been looking for you everywhere. Come on, Clive, off you go and dragged him in. Now, Clive yeah. then went on and did Cowboy Builders and he's done broadcasting on Radio 2 and on uh, Radio London and everything. But there's a there's a what if there. If he'd have stayed in KFC, he probably would have gone back up to, to Burton on Trent and back onto oh, a construction oh. site. And he would have really regretted that and we would have regretted it. And he was in there because he was really, really good. And can I say we've been a bit unkind. He's actually rather handsome. He is. Oh no, he's and he's a he is just a wonderful, wonderful bloke. He is just a great bloke. And and he's just so genuine and warm and he's, everything about him's great. But Absolutely. to look at him, you know, he looks a bit, he, he often gets mistaken for Buster Blood Vessel from oh, Bad Manners. Right, yes, I remember him. <laughs> Lorraine Kelly and Rosie Smith, my special guests, next week on The Pod 20. And in the meantime, you can watch extended video chats with my guests on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will your favourite podcast make it to number one? 
Find out with me, Graham Mack, on Fridays at 5pm and across the weekend on Podcast Radio. And influence the Pod 20. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.